This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. The Metaphysical Connection number 12. The X-Files Retrospective is brought to you by our Zazzle page. In this episode, we recorded weeks ago and put in the archives. Walter and Eric talk about network news, news organization bias, and how bias interferes with reporting the news. Then Walton and Eric get into Chris Carter and the X-Files, how the original series predicted so much of what we experienced since the show went off the air, how governments and corporations control our lives with new devices, the illusion of convenience. We also talk about how government is corrupted on all levels, from local to federal, by corporations. So anyway, um, I think that in advance, because the thing is, I, I named this file in particular, this this um, this wave file, this MP3 is called. Uh, X-Files Season 10 Super Special. So I, th- I think that that is basically the, the, the topic that we are going to be talking about is the return of the X-Files. And well, why should people who are interested into the metaphysical connection care about the X-Files? And I'm not sure who wants to go first. And then we talked about this before the beginning of the show, before we actually got started. Uh, Walt brought over... Um, I, I am well jazzed right now because the thing is, is that he brought over about uh, he brought like a, a two two um, cups of coffee, um, the large vente size and some mega size, mega size and uh, and uh, some um, sugar donuts, some apple, uh, some uh, cinnamon uh, coffee rolls, and so of course we are well caffeinated and well sugared up, and we are like living in the in the glow. Of the first couple of episodes of the X Files, and uh, I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that it was just like I, I couldn't I couldn't stop tearing up the entire time. I was. Wow, you, you got emotional there. I got really I got super emotional. I, I got excited. Yeah. I mean, I mean literally excited. Um, uh, I don't think I could have gotten more excited than if Marilyn Monroe called me up. Not not the way she looks now. <laughs> the way she looked in the in the early 60s and said, you know, I've, I've decided I'm done with Jack Kennedy. I want you to come over. Well, I, I'm, I'm at that level of excitement <laughs> about the X-Files. A, a bit of an exaggeration, maybe, but um, I, I am excited because I think that Chris Carter has um, regrown his cool yonis that, that he seems to have is, had taken away from him near the end of the, of the old series. I, I think he, I think I, was my opinion that somebody got to him and said, look, you know, you're getting too close to home here and you need to back off a little bit. So I, I think he just sort of went kind of off the tracks with it. Yeah. And, and then it ended. So I, I, I just am totally excited about the new direction. Well, here's the thing about the X-Files and a lot of what a lot of people don't seem to understand is that when the X-Files was first on TV, on major Fox News, Fox, yeah, Fox News, the Fox Network, it was the show. It was 
it it it, it would um, when it first ran for the first couple of years, it was like um, that was the best part of Friday. Because the thing is, is that you'd go to school or you'd go to work and you would be all psyched to go home, get a pizza, Chinese takeout, whatever, and and go home and start the weekend off with a brand new episode of X-Files. Just just to wait for that theme music. To just to on. wait for that theme music. That was the best. That, that was. was. Best, yeah. That was. And even when they moved it to Sunday night, it was... Um, really nothing really sort of changed except for you had to wait an extra two days for the show. And it was just like, it was a perfect way to end the weekend, too, I thought. Well, I, I, I had a long-term relationship with Friday Nights because uh, originally Star Trek was on Friday Nights okay. when it first aired. You, yep. I, yeah, in the last but, season. Yeah. Um, no, the, I think the whole, the whole... No, I'm pretty sure that they moved it to Friday hoping that they would kill it. But that's just, that's, that's, an, that's another... That's yeah, that, another. that's another um, issue. Um, but then also way back, The Twilight Zone was on Friday Nights. Yeah. So Friday's been sort of a sacrosanct exactly. for me for, for TV. I, I exactly. Plus, it's a culmination of a, a boring week of school or Exa- something. Or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. And so Friday nights, and then you have the promise of the weekend looming, you know. Exactly. You, and you get off to a, a jump start with your favorite TV show. So, yeah, Friday night's a great night for it. See, the way it, the way it was for me was that... Um, You'd start out Friday night with a show, and then over the weekend, you would, or what I would do is go hiking or breaking into abandoned buildings and warehouses and stuff like that, or visit haunted houses or whatever that I could get my uh, break into, and then um, that would be the weekend. Now, it's like you do all that, uh, all that urban exploration and and uh, paranormal investigations on your own, and then... And then you cap it off with an episode of the X Files at the end. So, anyway, so yeah, I just I just admitted to a couple of major crimes right yeah, there. Yeah, you you, you uh, just admitted to your to your audience that you were, you were a minor criminal in your youth. Yeah, I was a minor criminal. Not not in my youth either. It was like, well, yeah. I mean, I guess we can call my twenties and thirties my youth well, now. Yeah, at, at this point, I guess you can. I guess yeah. At this at this point, um, so. The whole thing about the X Files was that it it it, uh, it got into the zeitgeist. It got into the lexicon of of America. Whereas all of a sudden it was cool to talk about government conspiracies, UFOs, black helicopters, and it was done in such a way. The show was done in such a way. Whereas uh, it was not tongue in cheek. It was not cheesy. And if it was cheesy, it was done in such a way whereas the show was not afraid to laugh at itself. But it never, it never abused the fans. I don't think it never. I, I think I think some of the shows got into sort sort of almost farce, farcical kind of yeah. topics. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it was it was pretty pretty serious stuff, you know. Uh, but but the but the good part of it, I always found, was that the writing was really good and I'm sure Chris Carter you know was responsible for a lot of that the the creator um, and the characters are great the, you know you, you gotta love Mulder and Scully um, as a as individual characters and also as a team um, I always wonder this is this is a question I have for you Eric maybe you've contemplated this do you think Fox Mulder the name Fox has anything to do with the with a network, I think that they're probably said that. Let's give a, a wink and a nod to the network as and as a thank you 
kind of an homage. An to, homage to, saying. Which brings up another point is, you know, I find it curious that Fox, with its um, viewpoint, I guess you could say, would, would put a show like that on that, that sort of opens up a lot of channels to to different kinds of thinking and and you know I I don't know about you but I see Fox as a more sort of conservative viewpoint. No, I, I I see I see the Fox News Network as being more button up, straighten your tie, um, sort of right wing news source. But as far as um, the Fox Network itself, I think that it is. I don't want to use the word provocative because that that always implies, you know, uh, oh, it's provocative television. Type of things. Yeah, it's, you know, it's lowbrow stuff. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is that on Fox, they'll do stuff like they'll do The Simpsons and The Family Guy and and, they'll, and they'll do True. all these subversive TV shows. True. So you think there's a there's a separation between the news approach and the networking approach? I, I think that when you have content, I think that when you look at Fox News. And I think that when you look at the Fox network, I think that so much of what they do is geared towards, it's just geared towards getting the ratings, doing really super sensational stuff. I think that you look at Fox News and Fox T, Fox, the television network, mm-hmm. they do so much that is, it's, let's push the boundaries in whichever direction that we're going to go. Whereas Fox News, they're gonna they're gonna push the boundaries as far to the right as they possibly can and still call it, and I'm using air quotes when I say fair and balanced. Because no news no news network is fair and balanced. No, they, it's, it's all controlled. They all have a bias. Yeah, they do. Even PBS. Absolutely, Okay. in, in another direction. They have, an, they have it in another direction. Mm-hmm. MSNBC, CNN, they all have a bias. Whether you like it or not, everybody, I have a bias. Walt Schnabel has a bias. The metaphysical connection has a bias. The Fedora Chronicles has a, has a bias. We, I mean, I, and but the thing is, I'm going to tell you right out. I'm going to look you straight in the eye and say, yeah, Walt, you know what? I do have a bias, and it's a bias towards let's get to the bottom of supernatural, paranormal, and all like that. Yeah. Okay. That's a good bias. As and as I'm concerned. let's let's turn Keeping on the, an open mind. Let's let's turn on the laptop. Let's turn on the microphones and the audio mixer. And anybody who has anything interesting to say about the paranormal, come on in. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. And let's it's go like for it. And and see what happens. The only and the only boundary that I have is that um, you don't insult the other guests or you don't insult the audience. That's the only thing that I have. That's my bias. Fox, the Fox TV network is let's push the boundaries in all these different directions. Let's see how far we can go with Family Guy. Let's see how far we can go with The Simpsons. I don't know if people remember Married with Children. That was a very subversive. Yeah, I remember. It was, it was again, it was kind of on the purient, kind of lowbrow side. I it was very, yeah. But, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, these guys live and die by ratings. Exa- well, yeah. You know, so, so they're going to do things that are going to pull viewers in one way or another. And that's all that uh, matters the, to them. The thing that surprises me with the new X-Files is that it's, it's, it's pretty out there. I mean, it's, it's right out on the edge, which is why I'm so excited about it. Um, they're, they're getting into an area that's um, pretty, pretty controversial. Well, and, let's... And maybe even a little dangerous. Well, what happened in the first, this specific first episode? Because the thing is, is that we had... Um, Fox Mulder, David Duchovny do the 
um, the opening where it's like he like he has done in so many other season openings or big episode openings Mm -hmm. or it's like it's sort of like, um, you know, where we've been and how do we get how did we get to this point right now? And it was he gives us this update of, okay, what was his life during the X-Files? What was his life after the X-Files? And then, okay, bang. Why is he why is he back today? And the thing is, is that all the things that Chris Carter had warned us about as far as, um, I don't want to say government conspiracies, but I think everybody can understand and, and reasonably agree upon whether you're a, a liberal, a Republican, conservative, libertarian, especially libertarians, everybody can agree. Buddhist. Buddhists. Buddhists. Just wanted to throw that in. I think we can all agree that... Th- in some aspects, the government has gone too far. You look at somebody like Julian Assange and Edward Snowden, who had said, hey, listen, this is what the government is really doing behind your back. And and one guy was willing to be exiled. Edward Snowden, I don't think, is ever going to be welcome back into the United yeah, States. Probably not. I hope he's enjoying uh, his vodka. Yeah, isn't he's in Russia? Right? I, I guess. I think that's where he is. I don't know. That's his last whereabout, known whereabouts, yeah. anything. Uh, <clears throat> the thing, the thing with X Files is that what has there been? Twelve years now since the show went off. Yeah, I think so. I think it's twelve years. Um, um, let's see. It was. It ran from nineteen ninety three to two thousand two. Okay, so it so has been. That is 12, thirteen years. For thirteen years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's been a span of time, and, and the, the paradigm has changed since that went off the air. So that the, the things they were doing in 2002, which were pretty groundbreaking, um, are, are sort of almost accepted now, some of those things. Um, and, and that there is some kind of, you know, a lot of things have come down, uh, 9-11 for one. Yeah. Um, that's opened up a lot of channels of conspiracy theory about that being a, you know, a setup, and that it, it led to a lot of freedoms being taken away through the Patriot Act and that kind yep. of thing, and and that's the kind of stuff that Chris Carter was kind of getting at, yeah, exactly in, in the original shows, and now that's sort of I think more in the more in the consciousness than it was. At that point in time, and if you look at something, whether you, whether you believe that or not, it's you know up to you. But I, I think it's at least out there. The Whereas whole yeah. At the, that point, people would have said, "Oh my!" I mean, when when nine eleven first happened, everybody was like, there was this huge patriotic backlash of, you know, oh my god, you know, my country, my country can do no wrong, and and we we have to go get those terrorists and blah 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 blah. You know that stuff that Bush pushed through. Yeah. And, and now people are kind of starting to look at all that stuff and say, hmm, well, maybe that's maybe there's more to it. We did all this for the matter of safety and security. Right. Are we safer? Are we more secure? I don't I no. I think the thing is is that it no, was No, we're more fearful if anything. I you know, it's like when you when I when I and I'm going to bring this up again, when I wrote that um, article for for the uh, for my website and um, the title was The Information is Not Secure. And it was all about the controversy of the airport x-ray scanners that were supposed to be taking um, quasi-nudes of you, just very bad, low-res, nude photos of you. And um, 
everybody was flipping out. The government was saying, well, no, 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 that that will those images of you will never make it out into um, public domain. They will never be able because the obviously our, our information is so secure. And this was right around the time when Julian Assange was publishing stuff that he got from Edward Snowden on WikiLeaks. And I said, the Pentagon can't even keep their most intimate secrets out of the hands of Edward Snowden. What's going to make you think that you're going to keep nude x-ray photos of Christy Brinkley out of the hands of Hugh Hefner? I didn't say it exactly in those can you terms. Can hold of that? Do you, you want to see him? I got him. I, I you got him. You want him? She doesn't look bad for her age. No, she looks awesome for her age. Anyway, that's, an, that's another story. That's, that's another story. show. And the thing is, is that, you know, I, I had a visit from the Department of Homeland Security because of that article. I, I remember that. Yeah. And it was just like, you mean, you mean, <laughs> you mean to tell me that it was just like, um, you really think that back in, let me think here, when the X-Files started, 1993, did you ever think that that would have been, that would have ever been possible? Well, the, the thing that, that brings back to, brings us back to the point of, of Chris Carter, what, what happened with him? Um, I, I thought the shows, the, the latter shows, started getting really off track. It seemed like it was just kind of going around in circles. It right. didn't seem to have any, any real direction to it. It's almost like he had lost his energy or something. And I, it crossed my mind that maybe somebody had gotten to him and said, Hey, boy, uh, time, to, time to back off a little better. Yeah, you know, whatever whatever language they use, I don't I don't know. Like you know, like with these guys, you, you got the visit from, right? Um, so, you know, it it surprised me. I, I didn't know what to expect with this with this new show. I thought, well, is this just going to be pure, you know, piggybacking on the old X Files and dredging up the old concepts? But no, he's he's really he's getting out there with it. I mean, he's. He, he brought up something that, and, and I, I, the theme that I had in mind before we started was to actually talk about why, um, well, first of all, you have to accept that we have, when I say we, I say the government or, or some agency of the government that's somehow loosely connected to the government has, has alien technology under wraps. Sure. Um, now, if you can't accept that concept, then that kind of kind of blows the whole show out of the water. But as far as I'm concerned, I think it started with well, it goes back before even Roswell. Yeah, I, I think I think in uh, the 30s there was a there was an alien spaceship that crashed in Germany. Okay. In I think the Black Forest, Bavaria, maybe I'm not I'm not sure the exact location. But anyway, I think that I think the early Nazi regime. Um, collected that, and I think a lot of the technology that the, that the Nazis employed during the war was um, reverse engineered alien technology that, that the Nazi scientists got a hold of, and, and they were brilliant. I mean, they were brilliant scientists. We all know that. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the beginning of alien technology getting used. Of course, with the Nazis, it was used for nefarious reasons. However, I, I think the Roswell crash was when. Uh, the United States began getting that kind of technology. And I think a lot of the things that we've seen come into usage, like cell phones and things like that, are reverse-engineered alien technology. Um, I guess you can make an argument that that technology is just an extension of past technologies that we've had. Yeah, there I, seem I, to yeah. be a, a big leap in that kind of thing. <clears throat> 
Like, where did the microwave come from? I mean, all of a sudden, it seemed like the microwave was there. You know, I, I don't. I, I, yeah, I mean, the thing is, me, and there's two ways to look at it. You can say that it's like, look, if, if you keep playing around with electricity and stuff like that, you're bound to make some discoveries. If if you're if you're if you're going to be like, um, I think I remember somebody telling me that you know the microwave oven started in, with Raytheon and people who had were like using um, um, X uh, not X rays. Uh, microwaves to transmit data over long distances, line of sight, and somebody had left his coffee cup. They like, they could right, heat their lunch up and, with it. And, you know, they left it right in front of the, the the transmitter or the receiver, and they said, "Hey, look at this! My coffee's hot again." And somebody had said, "Hey, this is this is this is a great application." And then, the, and then they realized that the guys, the guy at the next next desk's head blew out. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Joe. Because uh, but, but my coffee's hot. <laughs> my coffee's hot. And the thing is, is that we were talking about this over the weekend, and um, we were talking, you know, and I was t- explaining to my kids the, the you know future warfare. And the, and the thing is, is that you see in, in a lot of these with these with these soldiers in like exosuits and and, hel- and it, they basically look like they're, you know, running around on Earth in spacesuits. And that's so funny because w- once microwave weapons are employed, all they have to do is just point at it and they'll they, they will they will they will shatter your skull like a boiling egg in the microwave. Because right. that's a your coffee will be hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the you know there's there's an upside and a downside to everything Eric you know um, anyway getting getting back to to usage of alien technology um, that that to me was the one of the most exciting things about the X Files episode uh, is that he he's really getting to what I think the real idea behind technology alien technology not being brought out. And, and and that is now this is my theory and it, you know there's many different ones and we can talk about some different ones too sure but, but I think that um, it, it all goes back to free energy and and you know it goes back to what we talked about Tesla right back a few episodes I think uh, now Tesla had some some really amazing technologies that he developed and there was some thought that he was downloading alien um, technology too somehow some way I don't know exactly how he had some kind of a Vulcan mind meld or something with, with <laughs> yeah. aliens. I don't know. And let's but, also <clears throat> not forget that he is also the first guy, or, um, or one of the first people to detect um, the uh, signals from um, the Black Knight, which we talked about in an so earlier that episode. All connects to what we've been talking about. Yeah. In, pre- um, in previous episodes, so Tesla had all these ideas for he 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 talked about uh, there being a universal energy. Yep. That's just kind of pervasive. <clears throat> Um, on the planet, uh, you just need to capture it. Yeah, and and he came up with some devices to do that. Uh, he had plans for these big towers that would transmit free energy throughout the planet, um, and and that that was his downfall because you know guys like Westinghouse who who funded his early research said free energy. How am I going to get a return on my profit? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. And so in Westinghouse and a lot of other people had looked at somebody like Thomas Edison. And Thomas Edison had quite a few inventions of his own. Oh, yeah. And people were like, oh. Edison and um, Tesla were actually kind of partners at one time. Yep. And then they sort of diverged. Their big separation was that that Tesla felt like alternating current was the the way to go. Yep. In terms of 
distributing energy or electricity. And, and Edison thought direct current was the way to go. It turned out Tesla was right. Um, <clears throat> so Edison sort of, I wouldn't say he stole the idea, but he, he kind of borrowed it, I guess. Or, or and, yeah. and he and Tesla parted ways, I think, <clears throat> on that. Um, and then Tesla's idea for free energy, of course, you know, these guys that were looking at oil and and gas and, you know, using all those kind of resources, you know, that was one big ka yeah. for them, you know, and, and Tesla was a was a roadblock to that. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't really want that to get out. So they kind of made him look like a, like he was some kind of an evil genius or something. Yeah. And diminished his, you know, the thing. He had all these patents and he came up. He was actually working on on what they think um, flying saucers work on, which is uh, opposing currents, where you, where you have um, two two different poles of a magnet. Yep. And 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 the the opposition from that creates a you know creates a force that's that's used in propulsion, and they think that's what what UFOs run off of. So so he he really had some really great theories and, and patents and things like that which and he's sort of been downplayed as a yeah you know edison got all the kind of all the hype for the stuff and he invented some cool things too but exactly I think tesla was way way more advanced than edison even and he's been diminished but at any rate but it is so a- so getting back to to what the what the point of the of the x-file shows was that was that this alien technology is be, being kept under wraps because it would lead to to free energy that's, that's, well, and, it, that's, and it would shake up the paradigm. That well, yeah, exactly, exactly. So people would say, hey, you know, I'm paying, you know, right now we're not paying that much for gas, but we, we will again at some point, you know, it'll go up again. It'll go up to around, <clears throat> it'll go up to around $4 a gallon. What again. they'll do, what, what I, I think they, what they do is they, they, they make the gas cheap so that people go out and buy these, you know, 55 cylinder cars and they're, you know, exaggerating, but, um, you know, so that these gas-eating machines that then then they raise the price again, and there you are stuck with this humongous gas guzzler. You know that. Yeah, it's a form of slavery. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but that, to me, was the main point of, of that X file show, and it, and it just really um, came home to me was that hey, you know, because I always wondered why would they not divulge this information if they have it? Right. There's got to be a reason for it. I mean, it's just not. I mean, one of the bull kind of, which I think is kind of BS, is that they, they don't think that um, the common people are, are ready to accept that or to, that eh, may be a little grain of truth. Well, it's, it's the whole paradigm thing, whereas yeah, it's like yeah. you have this giant industry or multiple industries that are, they're all geared literally and figuratively towards the manufacture of the internal imp- combustion engine that well, uses up fossil fuels that basically. burns fossil fuels now if you could come up with a a, a zero point energy um engine and you can go around and you can say okay it's um every everybody who has a 2010 ford flex and newer you can come on over to you know um um tesla engines are us and we will swap out your uh, your engine and it was like all of a sudden, all the people who make the internal combustion engines, th- those people are now out of out of, uh, out of a job. Exactly. Un- unless yeah, exactly. they're not going to be happy. Unless 
they can quickly retool and they can make their own zero point energy engines. Well, that's that's what that cra- the craft that, um, and I, I don't really want to spoil the show for people who haven't seen it yet, but right. there, at one point in the show, Mulder is taken to a to kind of like a research center or something, and and um, there's a craft there yeah. that, that runs on zero point energy, and it, and, it, and it's kind of bringing that that whole point to the forefront. That's, you know, I think that's what Carter's doing with that. Um, so I was excited about that. I, I thought mean, it was I thought it was great because the thing is is that right off the bat we get back into not only not only do they answer the question what have Mulder and Scully done since the last time that we saw them, but um, what have what what has the conspiracy been up to since two thousand two? Right. What what have the big huge universal they been up to? And I, I think that the entire th- the theme is is that there are these people with who are in the government or they are above the government and they are able to, to um, dictate what you are and what you're not ready for. Like we're all, we're, we're all ready to be slaves to our cell phones because the thing is, is that the cell phones are really great and they're really convenient. And it was just like, you can get rid of all the things like your Rolodex and your calendars and um, your voice recorders, everything that used to occupy an, a, a desk is now in this little device. And, the, and, and my cell phone is, is a, a little smaller than what you see, but I have this external power pack built into the protective case. And, you, um, and that may be, in fact, reverse engineered alien technology. It, it, but the thing is, is also it's really convenient for the government too because the thing is it has it has a GPS device in it and if they need to know where Eric Fisk is right now it would not be that hard to find out where Eric Fisk is right now thanks to his cell phone. And they're getting I don't know if you've noticed but the, the credit card companies are getting to the chip. Yep. They're getting chipped. And the thing is, is chipped by your is your credit card chipped? And um, no. And the thing well, I is, got my account canceled, and I have, I have really good credit. Yep. Um, and they canceled my account because they sent me a, a chipped card, and I and I didn't want to, you know, take you advantage of it. I guess. So they canceled my account. I went to use my credit card, and and it said, account canceled. And I called them up, and they said, well, it's because you didn't accept a new card. <laughs> and I said, oh. Okay, I guess I'm chipped. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been a customer of theirs for I don't know, at least fifteen years, maybe. I was gonna I was gonna go back to the Carter administration. Yeah, but okay. well, I mean, it went far back. Maybe. And, and uh, so I know uh, I'm chipped now, you know. And then the ne- I guess the next stage is to get one implanted, maybe. Probably. But, and then of course all the P- all the Bible thumpers. I mean, you can just hold your your wrist up to the to well, the scanner. Well, and, well, now you know they want to put the chip in your phone. I have no problem putting the chip in my phone. It's putting the putting the chip under my skin. Well, that's could that, be the next stage. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? You know. What What if they were to say? <clears throat> we're getting a little off track here, but if they were to say, "Hey, you know, it's kind of what they said to me is, well, you, you either get the chip card or you have an account with us anymore." You know. Uh, so and and they always do it in the guise of security and you know this is a, this safety is an and security for you. You know. Um, okay, I, I can buy that to a certain degree, but what if they came in and said, "Look, you, you know, you have to get the you have to get the chip implanted." I mean, somewhere down the road, say five years from now, ten years from now, we have to get a barcode or, on the back of your hand. You don't, 
have access to any credit. You know, you can't get a new car, you can't get a mortgage, you can't, you know, credit is credit. You know, and I'm not saying no credit or not using credit is a bad thing. It's not, but it would limit you in terms of what you could do financially. All of a sudden you can't, you can't even do commerce. You can't go to the grocery store or is that, that's what basically what you're well, saying. It, it yeah. could get to that point. Yeah. If, if all, if all monetary exchanges become digital or, you know, bitcoins or something like that, and you can't have access to that, uh, you're kind of, kind of stuck between a rock and a poor place. That's one of the reasons why I think the dreaded C word is convenience. Because that's how they that's how they get you. That's how they get you to be a willing accomplice to this new world order. Absolutely. Whereas they're going to Absolutely. they're going to use the word well it's for your convenience and as as if you're tapping into my laziness. Like the thing is is that it's, it's, um uh, some jerk off was telling me about how um, it, having having a, a a new strip mall here in in rural Ringe, New Hampshire, is going to be a a really great thing. And I said, no, it's not. It's not going to be a great thing. It's it, it's going to just evaporate the the rural flavor that we came you say here for. A strip for. mall or a strip club? Um, you know what? It could be. There could be a strip club in the slip and the strip mall in Ringe. In Ringe, yeah. Maybe get all know. get all the people from uh, from across the border in Massachusetts to come well, on over. True. You would have that audience. Oh no, Eric, you're gonna you're gonna love the convenience. Uh, no, no, I'm not gonna love the convenience because the thing is is that whenever whether whether it's the the government through HUD who comes in and di and dictates um, how you run your town as soon as you take HUD money or if you take um, uh, one of the big box stores money. And then once the big box store comes in and they pay their property taxes, they're going to they're going to lay the smack down. And they said, well, you know, here in the town of Range, we paid one point five million dollars in property taxes um, for this strip mall here. And what we want to do is we want to put up another strip mall or we want to we want to put up a, a, a large megaplex cinema, which would be I would be all for that. But the thing is, is that they got me with a convenience. It would be so much more convenient if I just go to the bottom of the hill here instead of driving all the That's way, you know, to. 20 miles away. And, and actually, the, the monetary system is a created vehicle to, to keep us enslaved. Fiat currency. It's all, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean we're, we're slaves to our paychecks and we're slaves to getting the, the <laughs> latest thing, whatever it is. I, I don't know. You yeah. Know, I mean. Um, there's, I've talked about Michael Tellinger before. He's a, he's a South African guy that's that's delved into um, the Anunnaki and the sure them gold mining gold and things like that. No, we're we're fine. Um, and he he's he's come up with a system of, of like a bartering system. Right. It's called Umbutu. I think. I think yeah. I'm yeah, I've that. heard Have of it. Heard I've of heard that? of it. Yeah. Um, they also make a great operating system. It's not based on monetary. It's based on on bartering goods. And everybody creating because he feels, you know, that money, the money system was actually created by the Anunnaki to keep the human race enslaved. And when you think about it, that's really, really what it does. In, 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 I mean, we have to it's it's hard to think about living without money at this point because we've just been so conditioned to it. Exactly. But um, it may be a new a new way to look at things. Yeah. So, and most people will say, "Oh my God, you take my money away." Well, you damn socialist, uh, get off my yard. Yeah, but you get a little bit more freedom, you know. 
to, to do what you want to do. But I'm not sure that people are, are even ready for that kind of thing yet. But um, It all gets back to the paradigm shift. Well, yeah, it does. It does. And that, that's another place I wanted to kind of get to with, with this show is, is that are we being prepared for full disclosure and, and, and of the fact that we do have all this knowledge of alien technology that, and you know what, I, I'm not even sure that it's the government that's keeping it under wraps. I think it's some maybe branch of the government even, or some covert organization that is under, under the government, or maybe not even connected to the government, I don't know, that has the government at, in, it, in its clutches, say. It, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of different ways to think of it. It's what I call the Great Committee of Them. You know what well, they whoever say. They are. Yeah, whoever yeah, they are. Whoever they are. But the thing is, is that from my perspective and my point of view, is that um, the U.S. government can tolerate um, religion only to an extent. Whereas we'll put one nation under God, under all of our all of our currency and all of our money and all of our bill. We'll mm -hmm. we'll handle that. Because the concept of God or a higher being or a higher deity, there's some, some kind of vague sort of thing that we talk about on some, some holidays and maybe on Sunday. But the idea that if the government were going to acknowledge the fact that we are not on the top of the food chain, we are only on the top of the food chain on this little, this little pebble that's flying through space. Mm -hmm. And there is, there are actual beings that have more power than the U.S. military. They have more brain power than MIT and Caltech and all these other, other universities and whatever. And they're able to bend time and space to their whim. And we're, 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 we're playing a game of make-believe that we're in control. And that these people are... these whether it's higher power alien beings or whatever um they they have more power to control us than we have to control us and i think that that frightens the hell out of the u.s government and it frightens the hell out of any government entity because as soon as they acknowledge the fact there is somebody who has more power and control over they do that's when they start losing their because yeah, because the thing is, is that it's like, okay, because the thing is, is I, I see that the economy would collapse if we recognize the fact that there are beings close to home that have the ability to um, give us a, give us another means of, of, of getting to where we need to go and produce the food that we need. There's, there's a reason why they they whoever they are they make it so hard for us or they did in the past to install solar panels and wind turbines try and get a wind turbine put up here mm -hmm. on your own property on your own farm i have a well, friend it's who's, prohibitive the cost is prohibitive i have a friend who's a farmer and he had found some turbines that he could buy wind turbines that he can install on his own yard so he can provide electricity for himself his home and his farm animals in the event of another ice storm like 2008 occurs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay and the thing is is that the utility company wouldn't let him do it because why because he's going to put money on the grid and they'll have to pay him or well, you know I was, I was just watching a show about um solar collectors and if, if they collect more and en more energy than you use 
you, you can sell it back to the power company. Yeah. However, when you sell it back to them, and this is just in New Hampshire, I don't know if this is, um, I think it varies from state to state, they, they will only give you half of what they would pay or, or what you would pay to them to get their electricity. So when you sell it back to them, they, they only give you half of what they're collecting for it. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, to sense? I totally understand. So how's that work? You know, that's some little provision they had put in, which which makes people doing that um, think twice about it and say, well, you know, I'm only getting half of what they're charging. Why is that? Why why shouldn't you get the full amount? If they're going to turn around, I, I, I guess it's a buy and sell kind of thing, but... You know, that kind of stuff. Just stuff that people don't realize, I think. You know, that somehow, who put that in? Who put that regulation in? You know, I don't know. I mean, I thought a kilowatt was a kilowatt. Yeah, I mean, well, it's what they're charging for. Is it? And then, then, then there's some kind of delivery fee and all that kind of nonsense yeah. they put in there, you know, that they, that they covered up with. Um, but in the incident that we had here in New Hampshire, whereas is that we had a no-bid contract that was given to this fly-by-night cable company, and when you try and get to the bottom, how did they get this no bid? Not only did they get a no bid contract, but their contract was also renewed, and it wasn't even it wasn't even put out in the public. We didn't find out about it, and we never would have found out about it until this company collapsed, and they just said, "Hey, as of three weeks from now, we're not going to provide cable for you." And they just they just up and it's, it's called bribery. That's, well, probably that's how, that, that's how that works. And the thing is, is that when Greasing I was using the palm, and when I was on the telecom committee. And when I found out that, first of all, they never paid their, their, uh, the leasing fees for the, for the, for the poles. Mm -hmm. They never paid their, their line fees. Somebody looked the other way. No, they, they didn't pay any of their, of their franchise fees. They collected a dollar from everybody every month for about 15 years, and they had never once paid their franchise fee. How, how could they get away with that? Somebody looked the other way. And there's no investigation. No. You yeah, mean because, to t so because then it'll re uncover whatever little thing was going on there that, you know, that made that happen. And th and this is only happening on a small scale oh, here yeah, in New is, Hampshire. It happens all the way up the line, you know. So so there's no reason to think that um, it's not happening at the at the biggest levels of of government or, or whatever. I, I'm not even sure that our government has really the final say on things anymore. Uh, yeah. Um, then that's what you know, I was talking about. There, there was a, there was a going back to the UFO um, techno, technology gathering, alien technology gathering and things. There was a crash in 1948, apparently. In, we're not um, talking Roswell. We're talking something no, we're, that no, happened well, after Roswell. Roswell was the, is the one that's you know the most known. You know that's been the most infamous. Uh, this one happened in Aztec, New Mexico. I'm going to look that up. You keep talking. Go ahead, go for it. Um, this was this was a craft that was about a hundred feet across, apparently, and and people witnessed it come in and it hit a mesa, and there was a big spark, and it kind of came to rest on a, on a mesa. Um, now this is in a very very desolate area of New Mexico, desolate in 1948 and still pretty desolate now, apparently. Um, I was listening to the, these two authors that wrote a book about it. They've, they've done research on it for 29 years. So, so these are two people that are not. Um, it's a husband and wife team. 
that are not just sort of getting into the game as, as Johnny come lately is there. They, they put a lot of time and energy and research into this, this thing. So, so the witnesses for it were a bunch of young oil workers. I don't know whether they were drilling there or something. So they, of course, rushed to, to, to check this thing out. And it was, um, you know, it was a saucer-shaped object. They climbed up this mesa and, and they were kind of probing it with a, with a stick or something. And they hit a latch of some kind and, and, the, and the thing opened up. And inside of it were 12 alien bodies that were, uh, apparently had been cooked. They were, they were dark brown. So they, something must have, when they crashed, something must have um, happened to the engines or something and, and it created heat inside or something and they couldn't get out. So anyway, they were all, they were all dead. Um, and these were all young guys like in their 20s and you know they were and then somebody called the local police and all of a sudden they showed up and then um, before long this military group showed up now this group was a little strange because they didn't have really military insignias on their vehicles or on their uniforms even typical army type of things or, or air force or whatever um, but they were they were pretty uh, pretty heavy-handed with these with these young guys, and they told them that you know this was a top secret thing, and they, they couldn't tell anybody, and they witnessed they pretty, Roswell all over again. Pretty much told them that if they you know if they found out that they had told somebody, they they'd be looking at a death sentence. Yeah. So they they really intimidated them pretty 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 intently. We're going to have a link to the story here on the show notes for this. Yeah, I. I I don't have the name of the book. Um, the the author is Scott Ramsey, and I think it's Caroline Ramsey. That his I forget what his wife's name is, but anyway, these those are the two authors, and it's really a pretty pretty interesting story. Um, but the but the but the the ship disappeared. It just you know they came and got well, it. Well, and, well, they always do that. Well, they always they always take the yeah. And I don't. They think it either went to Wright Patterson. Uh, but but New Mexico was a real proving ground for I mean they they did a lot of tests and stuff there and um, so I so I think some of the alien technology that the Nazis had came over after the war and um, may, maybe the whoever got it and whatever part of the government got it were, were creating new vehicles and things with it and maybe that's what some of the UFO sightings were I don't know or maybe they actually were alien UFO sightings. But there's been a lot of activity in New Mexico for some reason. It seems to be a hotbed of that. But anyway, these guys, uh, there's, there's now two, two of these young oil workers are, are still alive. Um, and they interviewed these two guys. Uh, one guy is pretty old. He had a, I guess he had a couple strokes, so his, his memory was a little skewed. But, but they had very similar stories. Their, their stories really, really matched you know, there was very few discrepancies. Keep, keep in mind that while I'm looking at this, there was also a hoax involved in this where there were these two guys, um, Silas Newton and Leo uh, uh, Geobauer, uh, who had apparently were like they were selling these doodlebug devices, and they said that this is from alien technology that will mm -hmm. help you find water and oil under the ground, and it... And it turned out that uh, they were. It was. It was really all a hoax, and it was just a yeah. means to extract yeah. money out of people. And and the thing is, is that this whole their the 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 doodlebugs that they were selling did a lot to really undermine 
the original story of the, the UFO crest. Story, yeah. Undermine the credibility. There was of another part of it too, where a guy who, who I think was one of the guys that was there, had pictures. Said he had pictures of it. Yeah. And, um, he was going to sell them to somebody, and he had made he had made this arrangement to meet with whoever he was going to sell them to, and I, somehow the FBI found out, and they were like. They were all over. Sort of yeah. like what happened with the Zapruder film. Yeah. Whereas the, yeah. the Zapruder film was bought by Time Life, mm -hmm. and it was it was kept in the Time Life building in it New York City. In some way. And it was like, well, no, it wasn't doctored. It was just missing a couple of frames well, when it was released like to the me. public. Yeah. And then when the when the unedited version came out, it was just like, wait a minute, maybe there is something to this grassy knoll stuff. Mm -hmm. But, but the thing is, is that I think that one of the things that you had asked when you said, hey, let's do a show about the X-Files and how um, the X-Files parallels like reality. And from everything that I have read, including um, and I'm going to I'm going to mention this book probably maybe maybe once or twice every episode. Um, and I'm going to put a, a link to this book in the show notes. Witness to Roswell. And it raises a lot of really interesting questions. First of all, you have. All of these, you have all of these people who were there at Roswell in Roswell, New Mexico, and near the the uh, the Air Force Base for the fifty first five zero first bomb group um, or whatever they were called, and these these were the top notch pilots who were responsible for dropping the bomb on Hiroshima. Tight, really tight security, and the and these were no fools. These were no idiots. These were not bumbling Barney Fife types mm -hmm. running around. And it was just like the entire thing, whereas is like, the, you know, the U.S. government made such a big deal to confiscate every everything associated with this crashed weather balloon. And they said, if you tell anybody about this crashed weather balloon, we're going to have to kill you and your family. And the entire Bill of Rights and everybody's civil rights and everything that we take for granted as far as being a, a human being, all of our unalienable rights were alienated literally and figuratively by the U.S. government. And the thing is, why are they making such a big deal out of it's just a weather balloon or it's just a secret project that was using weather balloons to monitor um, nuclear activity on the other side of the globe? Every time that you turned around every decade, they would change the story of what really crashed in Roswell. And if it was if well, if it wasn't such a big deal, if it was nothing like a it was if it was just simply a top secret device tethered to a weather balloon, why not just say it was a top secret device tethered to a weather balloon and shut your mouth about it? But instead, they had to they had to break into people's homes while they were there in the middle of having dinner, breaking, you know, break into people's secret bank vaults that they had or their their um um, security boxes at the at the bank to uh, get people's property out and there's a little crash debris if it's just a weather balloon why all the fuss and there's this guy who quite a character James Carrion wrote this book called the uh, the uh, uh, the Rosetta connection and he was trying to say that this is like what they were trying to do and this is I'm paraphrasing his theory well the, what they were just trying to do is that they could prove that they could steamroll over people's civil rights for just some manufactured excuse. And I think that James Carrion... So saying the whole thing was like trumped up, you mean? To, he said it was just like, I mean, his theory, not my theory. Yeah. yeah. James Carrion came up with this theory, and I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. 
It was like somebody had said, hey, listen, the thing is, is that, you know, we're the we're the American government. Let's see. Let's see how far we can go with this. Let's see how let's see how far we can steamroll over people's civil rights and see what happens. Well, you know, there was a there were two items that supposedly one of the guys who I don't know whether he was a policeman or he might have been in the Air Force. I think he was a policeman. Um brought home there was a small i-beam made of some kind of unusual metal that had um, writing on it that looked like hieroglyphics and then there was also a piece of metal like foil sort of that if you crumbled it up it would it would automatically spring back to to its original shape like you couldn't you couldn't distort the shape of it really um, and make it stay that way and there was a kid that who, you know, I don't know, he was probably a teenager, or maybe he was like 12, 12 years old or something, um, saw it in his kitchen. He saw his father bring it home. And, and he's, he's still around, and he attests to it, but those, those things got, got confiscated. So, you know, who knows where they went, you know, that, but that was pretty hard, hard. I mean, there's no real hard evidence. That's the thing. There's no, who knows where all that stuff goes. You know, it's, under, it's kept under wraps somewhere. You know, if, if you, in fact, believe that that actually happened and that it wasn't some kind of trumped up thing. But what would be the mindset that would, would trump something like that up? You know, or are, are they, that you know, that kind of goes back full circle to, to why does the government not want to divulge what they know about this stuff? Yeah, it was a, it was a 509th operations group that was out of the Roswell Air Force Base. Jesse Marcel. It was Jesse Marcel. Is that the name? Jesse Marcel Sr. Or, or he's the guy. Jesse Marcel Sr. Was the, was the Air Force pilot who had all this collected debris, and he brought it to this press conference. And the thing is, is that when he was out of the room for a minute, they, they switched up the evidence from um, the, to the, weather to the weather balloon material. <laughs> And, and and this guy, and you look at the you look at the expression on this guy's face. Whereas, first of all, he's like he's thinking to myself, "I should not have left the, my this evidence out of my sight." And the the way he like he's looking at somebody off uh, off camera, he's like, "Are you kidding me? Are you are, are you serious? Yeah, really? Seriously? You really think that you you think I'm that stupid to believe that this is actually ar- uh, artifacts? <laughs> yeah, really." You you think this is this that's, is that's funny, yeah. It's a funny expression on his face, like ah, you're busted. Like this is a joke, right? They probably told him they were going to kill him if he said anything. Oh yeah. So so that brings up the the another thing is is who are these people that that do this that cover this stuff up? Or you know, are they are they, are they government agents? Or are they well, we were talking about paramilitary? Or are they you know like the guy who was talking about this crash in. Uh, Aztec, New Mexico. He said these, these, these people just showed up. You know, I mean, they found out about it. Somebody called them. You know, there were two. Another curiosity is that all of a sudden there were two police officers there, and this is in a, this is in a very uh, desolate part of New Mexico. Yeah. Where, where you'd be lucky to get one cop in right. three or four hours. You know, and all of a sudden these these two cops show up. You know, so we were talking so with the men in the, black. They were the initial. Yeah. Uh, we were talking, yeah. You know, they responded, and then, and then all of a sudden, these these seemingly military people showed up, which 
they didn't really have military markings or you know so what is this what is this group? it's like when you, you have people yeah the, like the men in black i think are part of that you know not the movie with, with well, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith that was a farce but yeah I mean these are some pretty serious customers you know and, and in the X-Files they showed the, the men in black showed up at that crash site and, and wiped pop that alien that was no, wriggling yeah. around on the ground yeah spoilers yeah, spo- yeah I'm sorry sorry, <laughs> sorry for the people who haven't seen it yet uh, you, I guess you can edit that out if you want to but, no it's alright um, but anyway you know what is this group? Who are these people? Well, who and and the thing is, here here are my the, my two questions that I have as far as the so-called men in black, mm-hmm. um, and talking about like government agencies or some somebody who is of the government but above the government and is able to say to some, to anybody is able to say to the president of the United States you keep your mouth shut as far as what's in Roswell or they um they keep it secret because give the president plausible deniability and it, it, who are these people and now that's question number 1 number 2 are we going to get into trouble because we're asking who are these people Am I, am I going to have another visit from the Department of Homeland Security because uh, I'm asking? Well, Chris Carter's going to get a visit too. Then I mean, again, probably yeah. if he's ever been visited before, he'll probably be visited again. Yeah, because he's asking the same questions, you know, in, in on national TV. I mean, in the guise of, <clears throat> of it's. I mean, I, I know it's just a TV show, but it's also a a a, a fictional TV show that asks some pretty. Pretty serious questions. Absolutely, that's what I liked about it. That's, that's why I thought it was so good. He, he's not just, you know, uh, doing shows about Bigfoot yeah. and things like that. You know, or, or some kind of creatures that come out of, you know, another dimension or something. Um, which, which is cool. I'm, I don't have a problem with that. Sure. But, um, he's asking some big questions, and you know, it has to at least, if nothing else, get people's attention. You know. Yeah. And. and um, that that's truly the to me that's the true form of entertainment is is that you can entertain people but you can also kind of open up their their perceptions a little bit you know that's really what what really good art is you know um i think is is that it not only entertains but it also informs and, and opens up new lines of thinking which people may not I think that would. Be, I, I think what would be a really interesting thing to do, as far as this, the, a future podcast, um, would be would which would be fun and interesting to do, is to invite people to say, okay, who do you think are these people who are trying so hard to keep this under wraps? Mm-hmm. I mean, who are the literal men in black. I'm not talking about the, the 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 actors in this movie. I'm talking about the well-documented strange men who show up in black suits and interrogate and intimidate American citizens after they claim to have seen something out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Who who are the so-called men in black? And why are why are they Creating this air of secrecy about all this information. What, what's the, what's the point behind it? And what's the real reason why the government would keep UFOs and alien contact uh, such a secret? 
other than to maintain the existing paradigm. And I think that's the only, for me, that's the only thing that, that, that makes any sense, mm -hmm. is to maintain the, the, the existing paradigm. Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of facets to this. Um, there's a lot of people who stand to, to have their world shaken if, if this comes out. Um, you know, what, what about the Catholic Church? How did I know you were going to say the Catholic you could, Church? You could, you could smell me. You could smell where I was going. I, in, I, right? I, I can yeah. see the direction you're going yeah. in. I can um, see where the wheels are turning. You know, how does that tie in with, uh, with the Nazis? You know, the, the Nazis, and we're going to do a show about this. I know that about Nazi, Nazi artifacts. Nazi relics and things, artifacts. I'm writing the note right now. Um, but, you know, the Catholic Church, um, by some reports, supported the Nazis. Um, in some ways, they, they certainly um, allowed a lot of the Nazi refugees after the war to to have channels of escape, and and there were many, many, many of them that escaped and took a lot of money with them. So, you know, are are, are they perhaps behind some of this? Those that group, um, which of course they most of those guys would be dead now, but they you know they probably have. People that have come after them that have the same philosophy, and, because and they, yeah, and they have a whole bunch of money, you know that. And the thing is, is a that a bunch of gold that they stole during the war. Because the thing is, is that the Catholic Church was accused at the time of playing both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. And I mean, well, there you, I mean, you're right in the middle of of Italy. Well, of course, well, like, what are you supposed to do when you're surrounded by Nazis and Italian fascists? Well, are you? What else well, are you supposed to yeah, do? Yeah, except that, you know, morally and. Philosophically, it was not a, not a great position for, yeah, for, was, for for a religion to take, you know. Uh, but but also, the, how much information do they have in the Vatican archives about things like this that we don't know? About? I'm writing another note. Vatican archives. I mean, they have a lot invested in uh, in the paradigm that's you know the, the existing paradigm that is their is their bread and butter. You know that that they have you know they have the short list to God, you know, that they, they, they have the, they have the hotline to God, you know, and, and what if it came out that that really wasn't true? That would, that would put a dent in their, you know, in their paradigm that they have going. Just keep talking, Walt. Okay. Keep giving me ideas for future shows. Yeah, and I'll we'll have a big uh, wall of post-it notes there by the end of the show. Uh, so, the, you know, these are all questions that I think you kind of have to ask, you know, what, what, what's going on? And I think it's disturbing that people aren't asking these questions. I mean, you were, you were talking earlier about, you know, how things change and, and, and wasn't, it the, wasn't it the Catholic Church that, that persecuted Galileo, Galileo yeah. because he said that the earth wasn't the center of the universe? Well, uh, the, you know, I mean, well, so, you know, they, they, they have a history of, uh, well, let's, let's, let's trying to keep things the way they like it. Let's know? sort of, let's sort of give the Pope of that time some slack because the thing is that Galileo was a bit of a smart ass and he wrote this book that, you know, the idiot in the book was supposed to be a caricature and a mockery of the Pope's, of course the Pope's going to be a little pissed. Well, yeah, okay. And if I'll you, give you that. And if you had the power to put somebody under house arrest for making fun of you, you'd do it too, Walt. Well, but at the end of the day, he was right. I mean, Galileo was right. You know, so right. He spent a considerable period of time in shackles or something. I don't house know. arrest. Yeah, because he dared to question the... 
we'll, 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 the validity of the we will give you, existing scientific paradigm. We will give you a life sentence of um, house arrest with you and your telescope, or we can boil you in oil to death. Which, oh, yeah. What are you, you going to pick? What are your choices? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So I guess what I'm getting to is that there's, there's many different facets of, of this whole thing. You know? and, and again, we're just throwing out things that we conjecture. Sure. You know, I, I don't have any. Nobody has any real hard evidence of anything about it. This is exactly what my opinion is as of today when we're recording this show. Right. right. And if anything comes that's going to shake up my paradigm, like I would say, um, I'm going to turn it around and say, hey, look, I read this book and it changed my view on whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like the book Witness to Roswell literally changed the way I looked at not just the Roswell incident, but how I look at government conspiracies, code of silence, um, intimidation by higher authorities. And if there is something that comes out and says um, that challenges my beliefs, I'm at least going to entertain the idea that, you know, hey, listen, what if believing in conspiracy theories is a mental illness? And what if you and I are both subject to that? I, 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 we could do a show on that. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, is there any? So we're we're looking we're looking at the end of the hour here. Okay. And um, one thing I would like to do is to throw out to the to the listeners, um, what what do they think is going on? You know, what what do they think the reason for for not disclosing? What I think is, at this point, pretty clear that there's some kind of alien um, information about aliens or about alien technology or something that we have that's yeah. being kept under wraps. What, why do you, why do they think it is? You know, we've thrown around some things here that we think, and, and Chris Carter obviously is kind of thinking along those lines from, yeah. from what the show looked like, and and, that, and that's nothing new for him. He's been you know he's been talking about that for a long time. But I'm I'm excited to see that he's he's dredging that up again and going in a new kind of a new and one of the things that Mulder said, which was interesting, is that he's been duped all this time into yeah. thinking that this was a, a group of aliens that are that are doing this, but it's really a group of men, right? Maybe are being controlled by aliens or directed by aliens, but we don't you know, know yet. It, it, it we sort don't know of yet. goes back to the prime directive from Star Trek, get, getting off. A little bit, but but the tribe directive is that alien races can't really interfere with another race. If you if you remember back to Star Trek when they would go to a planet, yep. they couldn't really totally interfere with that and change the course of their, you know, of their cultural history. And if they did, there'd be severe consequences. There would be severe consequences in the in the universal community. Yeah, so maybe that's part of it too. Maybe 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 aliens can only have so much sway, um, actual sway, and and they can only get. A group of humans to to do their you know to do their dirty work. So if it is dirty work, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's maybe it's something that's you know alt- altruistic in in nature. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a possibility, but it well, sort of seems nefarious. But who knows? Well, it's the end of the hour, and what we're going to do is that's it. We um, we're going to dedicate an entire show in the not too distant future on uh, reader and listener conspiracy theories and uh, what's your answer i'm looking right at you 
Um, I'm looking at all of you right now, and I want all of you to come up with where do you think the government gets off telling us about the the existence or the non-existence of extraterrestrials? What do you think is the story behind um, why they have to keep this all under wraps? And we also want to know what do you think is going to happen if there is disclosure what is life going to be like after disclosure when the president of the United States come out and he says, my fellow Americans, we've all been lied to. We have been visited. Da, 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 da. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? That's what Mulder always says. The truth Absolutely. is out there. Absolutely. The truth. Hey, the truth is out there and the truth is in here. So anyway, this is, this is yet another episode of the metaphysical connection. Uh, with uh, with your hosts or your co-host Eric Render King Fisk and Professor Walt Schnabel, uh, any closing remarks, real quick? Well, I, I just wanted to say that I, I've awarded myself a doctorate. Um, oh, okay. Um, like Hunter Thompson, huh? I, I always thought that was a great thing. He he awarded himself a doctorate. Okay. So he became Doctor Hunter Thompson. All Not right. That you have to call me Doctor. I, th- I will s- I, I've I've got it. I've I've awarded myself a doctorate in strangeology. Okay. So so now you know just 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 thought I'd throw that. All right. So send us your comments, your your thoughts, suggestions on the conspiracy theories and. Uh, and um, and if you would like, also, um, you know, send us all those um, um, strange pictures of presidents you have hiding out in your pockets and wallets and stuff like that. Keep this keep this podcast afloat. So, anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again later. And um, and uh, uh, in, in enjoy the the closing notes of of this podcast. There you go, guys. Talk to you later. If you have something you want us to promote on the Metaphysical Connection podcast, let us know by getting in touch with me. My email address is info at thefedorachronicles.com. If you have something to promote that our listeners would be interested in, let me know and I'll read your ad during our actual podcast. It could be goods and services, a special event or convention, a book or documentary you've written or created, or even your own podcast on the topic of the unexplained phenomenons. That's also how you can get in touch with us and let us know how about your own experiences. Um, have a good ghost story, seeing something unusual or strange, or just post your opinion on any given topic. Once again, just drop us a line at info at thefedorachronicles.com. This has been the Metaphysical Connection with your hosts, Eric Renderking Fisk and Walt Schnabel. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the unexplained, the paranormal, and the supernatural phenomenons. You can learn more about us on our webpage. Right now it is metaphysical.fedorachronicles.com where you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter page. This is also a great way to catch up on past shows, find out what we'll be talking about next time, and drop us a line and tell us how much you love this show and what topics you want us to tackle next. That's also a great portal for all of you to let us know if you'd like to be a guest on our show with a great story or to promote a book that you've written or a documentary that you have filmed. The Metaphysical Connection is a product of the Fedora Chronicles Network, copyright 2016, all rights reserved. Hey everyone, put down a cell phone and get me a gin and tonic so then I can listen to Metaphysical Connection in peace.